Hi guys, um, we're here at Glitching the Code. I'm here with Angelo John Gage, uh, reality engaged. That's why I got them two mixed up. Um, it's a former US Marine. We've had this chat before, but now in a completely different um, circumstance, we're in the middle of a lockdown. I think it's getting to all of us as well, which is why we're making this documentary <coughs> called Prime for Pan Panic. Um, the first question I wanted to ask you, um, Angelo, was what were your first thoughts when you heard this was coming in? What were you thinking, knowing what you know? Well, I always wonder if the government does something, I wonder what their motives are. And at first it seems that, okay, you know, it makes sense if there's a virus that's new and, and we don't know what's going on, perhaps we should stay home for a little bit and, uh, you know, just stay away and social distance and all that stuff. But then you realize there's people out there that are profiting literally on this. They're also, the, the government's making a huge step. They're taking steps to say things like, well, you know, we're never going to go back to the same. This is kind of like, uh, like it's almost like another 9-11 type language that they're using. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. You know, and by the way, we have flus all the time and seasonal things happen. And, you know, just there's so many people with different theories of what this is, what this isn't, that I don't even know what to believe anymore. But I say to myself, you know, what, whatever it is, uh, it's what one is to wait for the dog to stop or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hot Sam. Sorry, I'll, I'll repeat myself. Sorry, buddy. I have a dog too, so I put mine in the cage. Absolute nightmare. Yeah, they, yeah. they've been a... Like, wait yeah. Is he barking at other people? There's two little dogs there and a nightmare when the door goes, but she's, yeah, she's not been very good today. So, so yeah, let me ask you that again. So, yeah, yeah. What, what, what was your first thoughts when you saw this coming in, knowing what you know? Yeah. So, you know, me, I've always been a critic of what government does. Uh, like yourself, I'm very open-minded to different uh, explanations of what's going on. And, and frankly, when it came to this COVID thing, you know, nobody knows what it is exactly. I mean, I've asked people what it is. Some people say it doesn't exist. There's so many theories about it. So that's one thing. I'm like, well, what the hell's going on? But more importantly, whatever it is, my, I'm more concerned and more, uh, I would, I guess, afraid of, if you will, I'm, even though I'm not scared, but I'm more concerned with what the governments do. So I don't care what the real story is, if it's made from China, if it's not even there, if it's just whatever theory, I'm concerned with what they're going to do with that theory or narrative. So to me, it's irrelevant. Now, of course, the truth is relevant, but when it comes to the government's actions, they're going to act on it, whether it's real or not. And people are going to respond to it, whether it's real or not. And what we saw was, Rich, we saw for some reason, people buying toilet paper. I mean, I don't, I don't think this thing gives you diarrhea, but massive amounts of toilet paper. I started to see this social engineering begin with influencers saying one thing and then the other, and no one knows what to do. Everyone's arguing each other. So I saw this uh, pandemic turn into this uh, more like a psychological thing. You know, I mean, people are dying from this thing. They're elderly most of the time. And it's just like, most other flus out there. So I'm like, what's the big deal? And then the models are coming out. We're going to have millions and all this is going on. And then it doesn't happen. So I don't know exactly what took place, whether it's from Wuhan and made up or the bats, which I don't buy at all, or it's some other thing. It's a sigh. I don't know. What I do know is the second the government says things like we are never going to be the same again. This reminds me of 9-11 language, like, oh, the world will never be the same. And they're saying that. And it's not just one person, it's other people. And then we have computer programmers who decide to be, uh, you know, health experts suddenly like Bill Gates telling the entire planet, we need a vaccine and we need to have these digital certificates. So this is where I started getting more concerned. I'm more concerned with tyranny than, than a virus or, or whatever this thing is that comes seasonally. It's not going to be here for eternity if it's even real, according to some people. So that was my thought. I'm saying, what are they going to do with this? That's my first thought. Real or not real, Rich. What are they going to do with this thing? And I could already see this is a godsend to these people. This is the best thing that ever happened to them. Uh, they could use this to do virtually anything, to roll out a, a new surveillance state worse than China's. That's what I'm concerned with. And that's my thoughts really on it. From what you know, my initial thought was, okay, it could be real. But then I realized now the players involved, their, their narratives, something else is going on, whether it's real or not. That was the whole point of making this film. This film wasn't meant to be about whether the lockdown, with the um, the coronavirus was a thing or not. I think that's passe, and it doesn't really matter. The point is, 
this is a massive social engineering experiment. A few weeks into this, how are you starting to feel? I did watch one of your videos, and I know you you've had PTSD in the past from your so um from being in the service of the armed forces. Um, how was that starting to feel and affect people? Because this is widespread, and I think there's going to be a lot of PTSD off the back of this globally. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I've been social distancing for a long time. I'm an introvert. I, I really don't care for large crowds. PTSD definitely attributed to that after the Marine Corps, even more so. Uh, the thing about PTSD, you lose interest in stuff. You know, you get depressed easily, and, and then you just kind of like become a hermit. And my way to deal with that was going to the gym. Now, going to the gym is not possible. They close the gyms for this whole time. And so that sanctuary of mine has been taken from me. And, and I was able to endure it for a few weeks. And then I'm like, you know, I got to start doing something because I'm getting stir crazy here. And so uh, I had to look on, online for people. I, I went to the store to buy weights. All of them are gone. All the dumbbells are gone. Suddenly everyone wants to work out, which is good. Okay, not bad. I'm not going to get mad at these people. Luckily, I got on Facebook and found uh, someone selling a total gym, which is a, a machine you know, that I had a lot. My father had in the 90s the Chuck Norris thing. It's not bad. So I kind of full circle going back to the old school things that I had to do. And I have it now and I've been working out. And then I started working out for a week. Then I was like, I got depressed again. So now I'm pushing myself again. So it's tough. Well, it is tough, but you know, some days that are nice, I go outside and I take my dog around, you know, I try to get the most sunlight I can, but it is driving people crazy. I mean, you know, you have a wife and a kid and and other families have bigger, more kids. It, it gets tough on everybody. And, you know, I can see my wife getting affected, my son, you know, uh, other family members. So, well, all of them are working from home, essentially. So it's like, in one way, it's nice to have the families united, but it's another having cabin fever. You know, <laughs> So it's tough on the psyche. We need to be outside. Uh, to me, it seems like house arrest. In fact, a lot of people have said it's like house arrest. You know, you're guilty. You're just going to be thrown in your house, even though you don't have the virus, and uh, this is for your own good. So again, for me, it's the more sinister thing that's going on that's really affecting me. I, I, I assume my beliefs are true, obviously, otherwise wouldn't have them. But putting it all together, well, this is almost for no reason. Uh, maybe it started off with the intention. Maybe the people who made the models meant well, or maybe they didn't. But the effects of this on society, this is a social experiment, as you said, this is a perfect time for the governments of the entire world to see how far they can push quarantines. How far will people go? How long will they keep themselves in the house? What products are they going to buy? You know, what narratives are they going to believe? Are they willing to get vaccines? Are they willing to get certifications? How long can we push this for? This to me, it's, it's exactly what it is. As you said, a social experiment, the largest ever done perhaps in human history. So, a lot of other people from this that are in the film have felt exactly the same. Um, and then they're sitting there watching these things go off on TV. You're stuck on the TV and you're watching the world act mad around you. How is that affecting you as someone who you can see the strands of this going on, watching other people meekly go back into their hole and even willingly go back in? How, I mean, how is that starting to affect you? Yeah, it's heartbreaking, Rich. I mean, that's the thing. It's mostly heartbreaking, but at the same time, I have made, uh, even on my Twitter, I've done, I've done uh, polls. Like, will you take the vaccine? Everyone, literally almost everyone said no. So I, this is good. A lot of people are getting this vaccine awareness thing. So as these elites push one way, there's going to be a counter reaction in another. There's nothing that doesn't have an equal and opposite reaction. That's just really how it works. So they can push their, you know, they could have that totalian tiptoe, as David Icke will say. They could do that. But at the same time, we're, we're right behind them thinking, wait a minute, hold on. So the question is, will people... Uh, fall for the narratives because they have many times but ever since 9-11 in Iraq they've been having a harder time to push for wars and other things like this and now medically they're trying to push this new medical 9-11 if you will that's kind of a look at it uh, that has affected the whole planet just like 9-11 and uh, the whole planets all the governments are saying the same thing some aren't some aren't doing lockdowns you know but most of them are going with it and now we're seeing the, you know, these world organizations who and all this other stuff, they're dictating what needs to be done. And it's just, that's, that's what I'm really concerned with, as I said. So uh, when I see other people falling for it, you know, some people are like, no, you're going to get vaxxed. You don't have a right to do that to my children. And others saying, I'm not getting that in my, what the hell are they going to put in me? What's in there? And I was watching Dr. Andy Coffin. What is the virus? No one's proven that it exists. And what are you, how are you going to make a vaccine for something you don't know what it is? which is a good point, whether it exists or not, it's not my decision, uh, not my argument. The argument is, well, what the hell is it? 
and how can you vaccinate something with 30 strains already <laughs> or something like that. So I'm not a virologist. I mean, I could be wrong, but you know, logically I'm saying here's something that mutated already. It's going to come again. I mean, it's not something that just one time, it's not like Ebola or something or polio. It's, it's, a, it's a virus that will keep coming every season. Are they going to do this every season? Are they going to lock us down multiple times? What happens if COVID-20 comes out or 21 or 22? And how many times can you do this? How many vaccines can you make? So I am happy that people are starting to question vaccines. And again, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all. I think some perhaps are necessary. But as I've interviewed other people who are saying, look, our immune system is the best, best form of vaccines. We need to get tougher. We need to do that with our food and, and get exposed to these things to have that herd immunity. And vaccines, although they could work, some people get hurt by them. And, and this is proven with the, the fact that you can sue not, not, not the companies, but the governments, by the way, taxpayers. You sue the taxpayers when you get injured. So to force it on everyone, to me, it's wrong. It's absolutely wrong because some people absolutely will get injured for whatever reasons. Whatever's in them, maybe they have a reaction. You can't just, you know, uh, universal, universal medicine, you just can't do that. Everyone, it's not a one-size-fit-all thing. You know, it's all, it's, everyone's different. Everyone has a different body. You can take Advil and it will work. And on me, it won't. And it's, or you take Tylenol, it doesn't, and it works on me. You can't just say, everyone do this. People have to make decisions. And what's happening is, well, I mean, Richard, is that it's being taken away from the decisions of what to do with our bodies. We no longer have sovereignty of our own bodies. That's my biggest concern. And what I'm seeing, again, if you want to get vaccinated on your own, fine. You know, I have my kid vaccinated very slowly. I did not follow the CDC protocol. It took years to do it. I know people who've done five shots in one day. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I don't see how the immune system can handle that without getting damaged. So I'm saying logically, okay, I'll, I'll do this, what he needs to do, but very slowly as he gets older, you know, fine. I mean, I was vaccinated with anthrax in the Marine Corps and, and polio and, and not polio and, and smallpox. Who knows what was in there? I'm, I was in the Marine Corps. I could have been, it could have been some other thing. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. So I am happy that people are starting to question this whole vaccine uh, process, this whole uh, big pharma pushing it, that it must be done. We must track people, which logically concludes, hey, if you don't have it faxed on your digital certificate, what happens to your liberties? Can you go to the store? Can I go back to the gym and show my digital certificate and say, can I get in? They go, no, Mr. Gage, I'm sorry. You need to have uh, COVID-19. We can't let you in. That's probably the, what's going to happen. It has to happen, Rich. It has to happen because what's the point of having digital certificates if it's not to track who does and who doesn't have it? And if you don't have it, there has to be consequences. Otherwise, there's no point of the whole system. Yep, the whole thing seems to lead back at the very end of each problem we come to is a lack of a change back or a rollback on our liberties, a rollback on our civil liberties and civil rights that are now becoming privileges. It's ridiculous uh, as you see it. So we're all stuck indoors. You're stuck indoors. And what are you stuck in front of? Everybody's stuck in front of the TV, clockwork orange style. It's almost genius how they've done this. How do you, what, what role do you think the mainstream media have played in this in your regards? I think they just made everything worse. I mean, that's what they do anyway. They're going to, they're going to, um, to the official narratives, which change constantly, by the way, <laughs> uh, you know, who knows what they really are. One day they're saying this, the next day they're saying that put on masks, don't put on masks. Uh, you know, <laughs> this one works, this, this, this thing doesn't work. They just spread confusion. And by default, the media is split in half. I, if what I noticed, Rich, is that on the left wing media, it's saying uh, the deaths are going to be astronomical. You know, it's, we're not even calculating all of them on the right wing media. It's like, Oh, there's not going to be much. Uh, you know, this is all exaggerated. And the truth is probably in the middle or not at all has anything to do with this. We don't, we don't even know anymore. So by default, the people are split in two by default, whatever you pick already, you, you assume yours is correct. And the other guy is lying. You're already duped in my opinion. So I, I try to take a middle position and say, okay, what's going on? Let me see if they're both saying probably in the middle somewhere. Uh, but uh, we see both extremes and they're attacking each other and furthering dividing the people further causing confusion, and that causes people to do things that will lead to governments reacting to those things. And, you know, suppose rioting, suppose 
someone says, oh, I'm not taking his vaccine and riots happen. And then the government says, we got to stop these riots. Here's a new law, anti-riot law. We could arrest you just from, you know, saying, or censorship. Look, look at the censorship that's going on right now, Richard. You can't even speak of an alternative hypothesis. Okay, science, there's no authorities in science. And they're saying, we don't know what to do with this virus. Here's people saying, here's what you could do, censored, banned. That's not how science works. Science is supposed to allow people to come out and discuss, hey, what if we do this? What if we do that? Maybe this is better. No, can't do that now. Now you're, you're, you're pushing conspiracy theories, even though science, again, is all about correcting itself. How are you going to correct itself without different competing hypotheses? So there you go. Now there's this scientific tyranny, this narrative that is this their only way of doing it. That's science. That's medical science. And everyone else is a crackpot. <laughs> this is the problem. See? Yeah, it is. As you see, let's quickly talk about um, the censorship. You've had David Icke um, censored, you oh, yeah. had London Real censored, you've had um, all sorts of alternative medias, Jason Burman censored. I'm sure you've had tweets taken down. I've been not so much censored because I'm not really big enough to be censored. Um, but these bigger names have been um, censored. YouTube is, is doing ridiculous stuff. Let's talk about that, that fact that you literally cannot say something on any amount of social media and the need to go back to maybe some sort of sovereignty of your own website, the reliance upon these other platforms. Have we led ourselves into this trap? Well, yeah, I was actually talking to someone about YouTube and I had a, had a guest on yesterday about the fact they got censored. They had a very big account. It was for other things, but uh, the same idea, it same happened. They got a strike uh, warning a long time ago, then all of a sudden taken down without explanation. So as you mentioned, David Icke was on London Real. It was like historic views on that. They took that one down. He went on again. I don't know if they took that down. He's been on my show as well. They didn't take that down, perhaps because I'm little. You know what I'm saying, Richard? So like, if you're little, you know, I don't have a huge, if I had a million followers, I'd probably be banned instantly. So, you know, David has a lot of followers, you know, you know other networks have a lot. London Real has a lot of followers. They took their stuff down. Not They didn't ban the whole platform, but that video was taken down. Now, if, here's the thing I don't understand. If, if, David is saying something completely false, let's say, right? What doctors are going to listen to him? It, it shouldn't hurt anything. You know what I'm trying to say? So if, if he's wrong, then they'll just go, well, he's wrong. That's it. And then the doctors aren't going to take orders from David Icke. They're going to take orders from their directors, from the, world or, uh, from the who or some other thing. So even if he has an opinion, who cares? But no, we can't even have that. And they'll make excuses. Well, if someone doesn't believe it, this will happen. And this will cause, that's what they're doing. They're trying to take away our right to decide what's true to ourselves, to even research. And that's the problem with censorship as well. By the way, they want to obviously have their narratives. Now you go on YouTube, I get CNN, Fox. I don't watch these. Why are they on my front of my page? Why? They want to push the mainstream. They're taking the mainstream and they're shoving it into the alternative media. There's nowhere to go. And when you go to your own platform, let's say you say, you know what? I'm done with YouTube. I'm going to make my own website. They'll go after your servers, your ISPs. They'll, they'll do everything. They'll, they'll find you. The, they'll go after. I know people who got banned from banks. They're like, sorry, we can't serve you anymore because this organization said you're that. This is the problem. They want you to starve in the streets. They want to destroy you. This is a form of terrorism, in my opinion. It's very bad. And, and we need to step up against it. Again, I'm more concerned with this than any virus than any virus. I don't care what it is. Even if it was a 50% you know, mortality rate, I'm more concerned with governments who've killed more people than anything. And they're the ones who are going to enslave us, not some virus. So that's the thing I'm concerned with. And censorship is part of this. It's part of the, to the totalitarian tiptoe. Absolutely is. And I agree with David on that 100%. And again, whether people agree with him or not is irrelevant. The thing is people can't even agree without being banned. And that's the problem. What's free speech about that? You see, and then so these, so it's not the government centering, it's these corporations that run the government. So that's, that's the loophole. Well, we're a private company. We could do this. We don't have to do that. But uh, that's the thing. That's how the governments are run by corporations. It's not the US government doing, whereas there are governments doing it, like China, you know? <laughs> but uh, you know, it's not like we're any better off, you see? Yeah, you're a really important point you pointed out there. And I've, I've written about this hierarchy of um, structure of people who seem to still think you've got the people, then the government, and these people seem to, well, you've got the police in there somewhere. They still think that they've only got to the government level. They've not even gone above that, above that to who's around them, the World Health Organization. So you've got big tech, big pharma. Who's above that? Bill Gates, 
them sort of technocrats. Who's above them? The Rothschild banking families. There's a long way to go for people to get to who they really need to be digging for. We're still at the government level. People still think Trump and Boris Johnson are really in control. That's what I find frustrating. Can you talk to me about your understanding of that? Well, I would say people are blaming other parties. They're still blaming Obama for stuff <laughs> or Trump for something or Bush or, or Tony Blair. I mean, they, they're blaming the puppets, Richard. That's what they're doing. That's why this is allowed by the media. The media puts up the puppets. Oh, blame him, blame that. Most of the true players you'll never see in public. You'll see them once in a while. They'll say one thing somewhere in some meeting you never went to, you know, that's documented somewhere in the 18 something. Okay, that's it. And then, then it's a conspiracy theory when it happens. <laughs> All right, fine. So that's what I'm seeing more is that people are still blaming, well, Trump's getting people killed because he didn't do it fast enough. And then, oh, well, China didn't give Trump information. Well, well, that's because Obama undermined Trump and the FBI and they're trying to take the president down. In my country, it's still left versus right, Dems versus Republicans. It's, it, it's just not, there's people are still at that stupid level. So that is the form of government. But mostly the form of politics is really what it is. So it's little clannish, tribalist uh, clashings, which is the whole divide and conquer thing. That's how it works. They don't have to police us. We will police ourselves. That's really it. We will divide ourselves. They just make suggestions. That's all they do. They say, hey, well, you know, do you want this to be? For example, I guarantee these people who made these models, whether they meant to exaggerate them or not, or they believed it, they're telling Trump or other governors, in the states, do you you know this could happen? Do you want this to happen? Oh no no no! I better shut everything down. So whether the governors are in on it, they don't have to be. What most people fail to understand, Rich, is this: conspiracies or plots don't need every single person involved. And David has said it; others have said it as well. It's compartmentalized. It's a need-to-know basis. And so the people at the top are the ones with the information: what's really happening, the intention of what to do with this theor- uh, this plot. And they just tell people, look, this is going to happen. You, you know, hey, hey, Trump, do you want millions to die under your presidency? Of course not. Well, then better do this. And, and or, hey, Governor, this person, Governor Murphy in New Jersey, which I live in, do you want all these people to die in New Jersey? No. Well, then you better do this and social distance and don't close, you know, close this, close that. And don't open it till this. That's what they do, I think. So they don't, not everyone has to be in on it because people were, they will just react accordingly to the information they're given. And this is what people have to understand. The people who control the information are the ones who control everything because we could only react on information. Therefore, you must censor anyone else who is giving alternative information that could be true to counter your narrative. That's why David and everyone else is getting censored. You know, you know what I mean? They're not even refuting it. They're saying, oh, it's crazy. Uh, that makes no sense. Uh, all these things are false. But they don't say why they're false in, in many cases. So that's the biggest problem here is that people are not even given information and those who are given certain information is, is with the intention of acting a certain way. And that's why there's people that are confused everywhere on this, what this thing is, what's going on, when will things open, when will they close again, is there a second wave, is there a third wave? That's why it's keep the people confused, keep the people attacking each other, blaming puppets, while the puppet masters literally plan everything out as they've always been for centuries you're right it goes back centuries all they're really doing is creating chaos as they have done as you say centuries we all know about order out of chaos it's never been more chaotic on a global scale in our lifetime than it has been now probably since the second world war the order that they want to bring in from this chaos seems to be an AI technocracy. Can you talk to me about your understanding of some of these technologies they seem to want to be rolling out as we're stuck indoors yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I, I'm open to any uh, hypotheses or theories or whatever the case. And there's the whole 5G things. I looked into it and people say it's harmless. Here's why. Others say, yeah, it's harmless until you crank up and zap people with it. I mean, there's all sorts of things. I say if it's within the bounds of physics, it's possible. Whether it's likely or unlikely is another story. But they're going to roll out 5G. It's going to make things a lot easier, which means surveillance a lot easier, more information, more data being collected. They're not doing it for your health. They're not doing it for your benefit. Yeah, they'll give you faster downloads, but what about their surveillance systems? We're already seeing drones flying around in some, like some futuristic novel, flying around, please make sure you're six feet apart. Other ones that are actually measuring people's distances, 
what is that? Are you going to like zap with a fine? Like, oh, you got, oh, oh my God, look, look at my microchip. There's a fine here. Oh my God, I got to owe this money. Or all of a sudden your bank account, because now they have social credit system. They want to, they want to mimic China. In fact, I was, I was listening to an activist, Whitney Webb. She mentioned how she read an article or, or a document stating we need to compete with China by making our surveillance state more worse than China. In other words, we have to, in order to keep up with them, we have to do more than them. We have to lock it down more, more social credit system, more surveillance. Otherwise, we'll lose this technological war. And it's, the, it's actually the technology that demands this. That's not to say the elites don't want it. It says, well, we have to do it now. And that's their logical explanation to themselves. You know, we have to do it. Otherwise, we'll lose to China. So this is inevitable. And, and you're starting to see this already. Even YouTube, for example, when I make a video and I go monetize it, it says, hey, we're going to let you monetize your videos and you have to answer these questions. And then if you answer them right over time, we won't even bother. You can just monitor, we'll trust you more. So that's already happening in YouTube. Okay. That's kind of like a social credit. So they kind of let you do things. In China, we know how it works. You know, if you say bad things, this and that. Uh, again, why have social credit? Because then it will limit you. That's all it is. It's more about taking away freedoms. So the AI, I don't think they're going to make a Terminator style AI that's going to take over you know, uh, thought process, I mean, it's possible, but I think they're going to make AIs to automate their tyranny. That's what I think it's going to be. It's like, just take that off their hands. All right, let this robot do it. You know, let them think of the thing. Let them find people. Let them see who's not doing the right thing. Let these cameras be smarter, register facial structures, register distances, register heat temperatures. I mean, there's the one drone that's flying around seeing how hot you are. And if you're coughing, but what if you just ran 20 miles? Of course, you're going to be hot. You know, what if you took a fat burner or drink coffee? Your metabolism is going to go up. What if your metabolism is faster than most people's? They're not taking this into account, are they? I don't know if they are. But the point is we have robots flying around monitoring you. I mean, this is literally things people have been saying for decades. All these crazy people, all their stuff is coming true. I mean, it's like a sci-fi movie, but it's not a movie anymore, Rich. It's not a movie. It's reality. It's all about the movies. I watched the Spider-Man movie last night. There was drones everywhere and holograms and they were putting a hologram to take down London Bridge and it could not be any more. It's like an Ike out of a David Ike book. It was incredible just to, to, to look at. They either take these things from the books and put them in the films or it's predictive programming revelation of the method, which I've talked about elsewhere. Um, so from here, I don't know where, how it is where, where you are in New Jersey, but we're starting to roll back here in, in the UK. I hate even saying that because that feels like I'm even giving them any power over me. Yeah. I've literally done nothing different here. Um, I'm lucky because I get to work from home. So it's not really affected me too much. Um, but the economy's shot. We're going to mm -hmm. see a massive fallout over the next few months. How do you feel it's going to play out over the next few months in terms of just people going back to normal? I don't think we're ever going to get back to normal. Like you say, it's PTSD on a global level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, like 9-11. I mean, you know, did anything really go back to normal? Is the government going to roll back their laws? Is, was the Patriot Act taken away? Oh, we don't need it anymore. We beat Al-Qaeda or whatever. No, no, they're just going to keep it there. There's no reason to take it away. So whatever measures they're doing now, they're going to keep in place. That's what they mean when things aren't going to go back to normal. And a lot of companies are, are pretty much finished. Uh, I think right now in the United States, 33 million are out of jobs right now, probably more or less. I don't know. Uh, what it's going to do to the economy? Well, we started to print more money, so that's going to suck for taxpayers because they're going to have to pay it back somehow, right? Uh, you know, this has devastated world economies, of course, but it's not going to devastate the elites. That's they control the money, so they're going to just print more money and say, "Hey, you owe us more money. We saved you. Remember, we bailed you out. We gave you Trump bucks. Here, here's six hundred dollars. Here's twelve hundred dollars. Here's." Uh, we gave you, we helped you pay one half of your rent. <laughs> Are you ungrateful, you know, pawn? You know, you better, you better worship us. You know, that's how they play off this stuff. And, and you know, again, CEOs, billionaires, they're getting bailed out. Companies that, you know, what's the point of them getting bailed out? They have to get bailed out. So it's all like it's the elite scratching each other's back. You do this for me, I'll do this for you. And again, we the people have to suffer from it. And uh, I don't know if, Many companies are going to come in, pop, mom and pop shops destroyed, unless they're essential. Realize, imagine this, the government tells you whether or not you're essential or not. I mean, isn't that crazy? It's just really crazy. So this is another problem. Now there's a category of essential work and non-essential work. It's another way to censor workers, if you are, or, or 
break down people, you know? Uh, now, if you put this all together, you're going to have a social credit system, which is going to be monitored by surveillance and technology, and then determine whether or not you are vaccinated or even are essential a worker at all. <laughs> I mean, this could only get really bad. I mean, think about how much control these minority of people have over all of us. And the scary thing is, as you mentioned, and it's heartbreaking, some people, maybe most, are willing to do it out of fear. They're afraid. They, they rather trade their liberty for safety. And uh, that's, that's, not what it, what, that's not what freedom is about. Freedom is risky. It is risky. And, and you know, just like they've been shutting down uh, you know, churches and, and even, even Jewish people, you know, they're getting arrested, you know, and they, again, in America, the Jewish community, very influential, very powerful, even they, certain parts of them, not, not the ones that are in the background, but the Hasidic ones, where, you know, they're getting arrested for going to funerals and trying to, you know, uh, have uh, weddings and things like this, because why is it that the government has to make sure you don't choose what to do with your body? Okay, if, if a bunch of churchgoers want to go to church and risk getting infected with something nobody knows what it is, that's on them. But they're going to say, well, no, because then when they go home, they might infect their kids. But everyone's stuck at home. I don't know. So at one, on one hand, it makes sense. Just stay home. Let this thing go away. It'll pass. On the other hand, it's like, well, why is it to this extreme? How about we just go out, wear a mask, go to the funeral, wear a mask, social distance at the funeral six feet apart. You can do that. There was a giant uh, rally in Israel against corruption, apparently, where the entire uh, protesters, all of them were social distanced by six feet. So like it was in the middle of, I don't know where it was, but it was in Israel. And you could see from the drone view that everyone's like spaced apart. So that makes sense. But no, you can't do, you can't even go to the beach here being like meters apart. You can't even do that. Oh, get off the beach. You know, when we do know the sun does kill off diseases, okay, because flu season comes during the winter time, basically, and then all of a sudden it goes away during the summer times. I mean, we know sunlight does things, okay. It's not a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying you can inject sunlight into you, but getting sunlight, vitamin D, all these other things that people have mentioned that our bodies have been doing for millennia. And I actually tweeted to Bill Gates a, 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 a scale of human evolution. And it was millions of years. And I said, Bill, we didn't have vaccines for these, this whole time. How are we here today? Why, are we, why didn't we go extinct? Right? That was my argument. And of course, I'm not going to respond. But I'm saying vaccines just came out in like the 17, it was like 1796. So what happened to those millions and millions of years of human beings? Did we all just drop that? Now there were bad plagues, of course. Let's look at the plague that wiped out a third of Europe, the Black Plague. Well, a lot of it was due to uh, sanitation. Did they know about germ theory? Did they social distance? I don't think so. Had they, then it probably would have worked. That means social distancing in of itself is effective. And, you don't, and being in your house doesn't make a difference. If you social distance out in public, it still works. So you don't even need a vaccine is my point, you see, because we haven't had them for millennia. I'm not saying we shouldn't vaccine it against something that's truly dead, like polio or something. But then you look into Bill Gates, his vaccines against polio give people polio in India, <laughs> paralyze people. So what is he doing, this guy? Who is this guy? Who gave him the authority to start dictating what the planet needs to do? Just because he has money, Richard, just because he has money. And you can go with all of Rothschild, Soros, all these other people. They have money. And therefore, they dictate. You don't have to be a politician. You see, it's not the politicians who are powerful. It's these people with the money who are powerful. And if you run the banks, you make all the money. You, you actually literally create it out of thin air. You have the power to control everything. So people are stuck at the government level. They're not looking at the banking level, the cartel level, you see? So that people have to take into account. I hope this documentary helps people understand this. That's really important. It's worse than any virus. <laughs> It is a virus. That's the, my biggest point was that is that is that this world we already have a one world banking system. We always we have a one world bank account and we also have a one world uh, corporation. It's been there for a long, long time. And I think it's now people need to realize that you belong. You work for one world corporation in different assets. No matter what you do, the money goes all sucks all the way to the top. And that's, as you said, the banking families, the banking elites. Um, 
that's the most important. We need, if we don't get to that level, there's no point. We're just dicking in the dirt. I think um, just to, to end this, I'll let you go because I know you, you've had a um, I'm just waiting my rabbits right in my lead. Come on. There you go. I've got rabbits and all sorts everywhere. Right. Um, so your last question I wanted to ask you. Um, I can't see how we get out of this. It seems to be we've been checkmate. There has to be a way out. And the only thing I can think of is non-compliance and just ignoring them as if you would ignore a bully and just go about your daily life on maths. I can't think of any other way. What is your thought on, on, on any sort of solution to what's going on? And I, Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, like I said, there are people waking up to vaccines or, or at least forced vaccinations. Again, I, myself, you want to get a vaccine, you think it works. It's, some work, some don't, whatever. Some get injured. It has to be a choice. If they take the choice away, they're going to cause problems. And they, like I said, I live in the state of New Jersey. They wanted to take away a religious exemption or a personal exemption, right? So you, by your own belief, whether religious or yourself, don't have to get vaccinated. They do an exemption for you. They want to take, you want to get rid of that. So now you all have to do it. You want your kid in school? He must be vaccinated at this time by the CDC schedule. That is what pisses me off. That's what bothers me. Forcing people. If you can convince someone to do it and they do it by choice, all right. I'll tell them, listen, I wouldn't do it that quickly. I would take your time. But that's the problem. It's the force. And it's the vaccination mandatory. And it's the digital certificates, which could, who knows what that will turn into. It'll start on an app. Then I'll go to quantum dots. Then I'll go to something else. Maybe a microchip. I don't, we've been hearing about microchips for years. Eventually, perhaps that's the only way to do it. The new, the new generations won't care. Okay, boomer, you want to have cash? Here, I'll just have this microchip. People do it willingly. Okay, so we, we can't be chipped. We can't have digital everything because then by a push of a button, it could be deleted and say, oh, whoops, we had this hacker. He just took away all your money. Sorry, you need to have something physical as well. So I'm not a fan of this whole completely digitalized thing. I get it. It's quicker. It's easier. But that doesn't protect you from the government. Okay, for example, look at the cryptocurrency thing. Made sense. Oh, decentralized currency. Uh, we can overrun the banks now. All they did was say, okay, cool. Well, guess what? You can only get that transferred out of the uh, cryptocurrency world through a, uh, what's that, a, a hub or whatever, like uh, Coinbase. That's the only way you can get your money back. So you put your money in through Coinbase, uh, your, your dollars or euros, and then you get the crypto. And then if you want to pull out the crypto, you got to go back through that. That's taxed. That's also taxed. They're taxed. That's how they control it. So yeah, that revolution was killed with that instantly. Okay, because you can't just pull out cryptocurrency and go to the store with it. Some some websites will do it, but you're not going to pay your taxes in crypto. You're not going to pay your mortgages in crypto. And if you did, by then the government's taxing every single thing. So it doesn't matter. You're back in the same situation. It's just digital. And to me, you know, an enemy state drops an EMP weapon on everything. There goes a lot of stuff. Now, being that it's decentralized, it should survive it. But who says it can't be hacked? You know, someone said Bitcoin can't be traced. Yes, it can. That's why now there's private coins. So who knows? Who, who knows who even made this up? We don't even know. Who, who's Shatoshi? I don't know who he is. <laughs> Could be the CIA for all I know, or MI6 or something. So again, uh, you know, we need to rely on ourselves and have logic and reasoning behind our decisions. And the government's trying to take that from us. That's what I'm concerned with. They're saying, you can't look at this guy, what he says, because this is what they say. This other person says this, this is the who they said, and they go back on their own words too. So who do you trust? That's it. We got to start trusting ourselves. I tell people we have to start trusting ourselves. I recently made a video. Don't look for saviors. No one's coming to save you. Okay. Whether you're religious or not, or whoever, no one's coming. You have to save yourselves. And I think that's why government got so big is because people want to be saved. They want to be taken care of. In other words, they're lazy and complacent. And with that comes tyranny. And so I say, you know what? We're going to have to be non-compliant. We're going to have to probably get arrested. And some of us, you know, when we go out there and protest, we, we have to do it. And God forbid it gets violent because the state may turn to violence. This is very possible. They've done it before. They do it in other countries. What makes you think it won't happen in the United States or the UK or any other Western civilized country? You see, so unless it's mass non-compliance, millions and millions of human beings saying no, or parents going down to this, you know, in Trenton, New Jersey, the capital of New Jersey saying no, and they said, okay, I guess we can't pass it. Unless that happens, uh, the non-compliance won't work. 
and they'll just they'll pass a law like Christmas Eve where everyone's sleeping. You know, that's what they'll do. So we have to be vigilant and we have to make sure we spread information to tell each other, look, there could be any possibility going on out there. We should be allowed to think, make our own conclusions and defend our bodies from foreign entities, including governments trying to inject us with vaccines or chemicals or who knows what, what they're doing. Gene therapy, uh, Andy Kaufman said, or Andrew Kaufman, what was this, Andrew Kaufman? Yeah, so he's, he was saying it's a new form of vaccine. What the hell is that? Are there sides to that? What, gene therapy? Whoa. So again, there's going to be people attacking everyone who says something different. This guy doesn't have credentials. He's not an expert. He's the... Does it really matter if someone is an expert, if they're using logic? Okay, if an expert says, you know what, if you jump off a cliff, you have this percentage to survive. I'd say it's 0%, and I'm not an expert. <laughs> if you jump off a large mountain, you're dead. So I don't care what experts say. There, there are no authorities in science, Richard. I want people to take that away. There are no authorities in science. That doesn't mean science is bunk. It doesn't mean I'm against science, but throughout history, in medical science especially, the, the stupid things our ancestors believed about medical science. It's silly, actually. You can look it up. Well, pregnant women, how to help them from being hysteric and all this. You'd be surprised what our Harvard scientists used to believe, or Harvard medical scientists. Things change. Science is a self-correcting mechanism. You need competing hypotheses to be discussed openly without being censored. If you don't have that, you don't have science. You have, you have dictatorship. You have tyranny technological tyranny. If you can't speak about different topics on different platforms, you have this tech tyranny. This is all bad. So this COVID-19 pandemic, pandemic, I don't care what everyone believes, it's fine, you can believe it, but we all can see that the government's doing what it wants to do anyway, despite it, its origins or whether it exists or not. So I go beyond the whole what ifs, I go, what are they doing? And I want people to notice that and see that and act according to that. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, I was reading about Denmark. Denmark's government passed emergency COVID-19 measures where they can literally go into your house and medicate you. Meaning, if you don't have the vaccine or whatever is coming out, they will put it in your body by force with sanction of the police, with the authority of the government. It happened in Denmark. Why can't it happen anywhere else? The Constitution hasn't helped anything, really. It really hasn't. So... You know, other countries in Europe don't even have the constitution we have. From my understanding, UK, you don't have free speech like we do or the guns we have to defend ourselves. But even with that, all these Americans, Second Amendment, guns everywhere, more guns than people. What has happened? Nothing. Nothing's happened because they've convinced us to subdue ourselves. And that's what it's all about. That's why the most important thing in it, Richard, is teaching people the truth to at least question and then with that, whatever they come to believe, have the right to express their views and defend their bodies and use their bodies how they want. If we don't have sovereignty on our own bodies, we are literally cattle. Just like we tag the cattle's ears and you know, we, we, we uh, you know, brand them with the brands and all that. Literally, that's what we are. And that's what we're, it looks like that's where we're going and we're heading towards. And that's what we should be concerned about and absolutely we need to be non-compliant to that. And even if it gets us arrested, even if it gets us killed, God forbid, if it gets to that point. But, uh, you know, if they want to be like China, and we've seen like Tiananmen Square and all that, that's very possible. And the United States, we've had Waco and Ruby Ridges and things like this. Uh, so the government's already done it. And if you have people who are freaking out, you know, governors who are freaking out, and they don't want their kids to get sick with your virus, they may use force because I think that's one of the best ways to get troops to fire on people is to say, look, this entire place here is infected with these people. If they get out of their homes and they walk out of this line, they will kill all Americans. You got to take them down by force. I'm sorry, soldier. You got to do it. Otherwise, I guarantee they'll shoot. They'll shoot you right now on fake news. Imagine what they'll do when they're told there's a deadly disease that needs to be quarantined at all costs. Guaranteed they'll take people down. Guaranteed. And we need to be prepared for that too. Let's hope it never gets there. But we need to be prepared. And the only way to be prepared, Richard, is to share information. Whether you agree with it or not. I have people on my show, I don't agree all the time. But to have that conversation, to let human beings be sovereign, to learn, to make their own choices. Because if you're not making your own choices, if some robot is doing it for you, you're not free either. 
So if you don't have uh, mental sovereignty, if you don't have a platform to speak your, uh, how you feel freely, and you don't have physical, you know, bodily sovereignty, human autonomy, physical autonomy, you're a slave in every way. So that's where we already have this whole social control and, and you can't speak certain ways. That's already taken from us. Now they want to take away our physical autonomy. That's what they're working for now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's been a prison planet for a very, very long time. Every time they take a choice away from us, they push the, push the fence in on us. It's not, we're not, we are in prison. So guys, we had a complete meltdown there with the technology. Obviously, AI wasn't very happy about what we were doing there. So they started to dick around with the technology on Zoom. So Angelo, thank you for your time. Um, I know that things are quite stressful for all of us at the moment, um, especially in the, knowing what we know, the frustration of seeing how the world's going and trying to get the message out there. So I appreciate your time. The film will come out and I'm hoping this film will be a documentation for us for 10 years time to look back on and we can all go, what a mad time we went through. And I think it's going to be an important documentary one, one of maybe the only or the very few that are actually shot during the lockdown. And whilst we're actually going through a, a proper documentation of how we were feeling and that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to get across. So you leave me with your final thoughts and your final feelings and what's going on and your hopes for the next sort of, say the rest of the year the rest of 2020 yeah i like i said richard it's the most important thing is that people like ourselves and uh stick together during this i mean if we're getting censored and banned you know hey let's tell people look this guy got banned look at this look at this video now on BitChute. we have to do that we have to work together that's number one so the activists who are aware those of us listening obviously if you're listening to this and watching this you're aware if you're a newcomer welcome to the family and what needs to happen is spread the information. The truth is the most powerful weapon against these elites and the global cabal. That's why they spend all their time building AIs and algorithms, because not to just say this guy's crazy and that's it. That would have been easy. It's because what we're saying affects their agenda. It makes people question. And they don't want people questioning. They want their sheep to follow orders and get ready to be you know, harvested for their wool or slaughtered for their meat. If you're a cow, whatever animal they think you are, they want you to obey. They want you to not cause problems. The shepherds of mankind want you to be their herd. And as David Icke said, don't be part of the herd, be unique, be yourself. But that doesn't mean we shouldn't work together and form our own herd immunity against this, against these shepherds of mankind trying to drive us the way they want to drive us instead of us flourishing and becoming the best human beings we can be. You know, we are social creatures, Richard. We need each other. And that's probably the most important thing I could say. We need each other and we need to work together. And we're not going to, we're not going to agree in every single thing. And a lot of people divide themselves over personal beliefs, religious beliefs, political beliefs. I say, transcend your tribalism. Yes. We are tribal beings. Yes. We have different races, different religions, different po- but at the end of the day, we're all being herded together. We're all being herded together. We need to transcend all that and say, look, brother, look, sister, we don't agree on this, but hey, we all agree we're being sent to the slaughter. Let's prevent that. And for that, pretty much I say, you know, keep an open mind, work together and spread the truth or your belief, which could be true or could be false. Who knows? But spread it and don't be afraid to say it. And what do you have to lose? If you have a false belief, you lose a false belief and learn the truth. And if you have the truth, you get other people to lose false beliefs. It's a win-win situation. So don't be afraid to question narratives, reality, uh, anything. Just feel free to do it. Be free. You are free. Don't let these people convince you that you're not with all the fear that they're pushing on us. You know, if it means fighting to the death, then so be it. Let's hope it never gets to that. But I don't know. I think it's not going to end up like that if millions upon millions of people get together and say, we're not going to tolerate this. If millions and millions of sheeple attack the shepherd, it's, he's done. He has to run away. So we do that peacefully. We do that with the truth. And if the shepherd wants to try to hurt us, then we have other means. But let's hope it never gets there. And we won't get there if enough of us wake up in time. And that's why it's so important right now, guys, to work together, transcend your tribalism, spread the information, discuss things with each other, be nice, be civil, and just love each other because that's what's going to get us through this. It's love, not hate. Love will get us through this. So love each other 
and let's make this happen, folks. You know, share this documentary, share everything you find interesting, and don't close yourself off from everyone else. Don't nitpick and you know say these things about certain people. Just remember, we're social creatures. We need each other, and that's the only way we're gonna get out of this, Richard, is with each other, working together against these elites. Exactly what you said there. There is a complete reversal of social distancing. Everything that divides us and puts a gap between us has been social distancing us for millennia. We've been social distancing bit by bit for many, many, many billions of years or millions of years, however long we've been here. We're just doing it physically in the world now. It's a manifestation of what's been happening for centuries. Um, and that the people that have been trying to conquer, divide and conquer us, social distances from themselves. As you say, we're social creatures. We need to talk, me and you yes. chatting like this. I feel better than when, I, than when we started. Yes. It's very, very simple. It's sharing a commonality and having a voice and listening to each other. It's community. It's communication, community. It's, it's caring and it's showing that you're not on your own. And the worst and everything this system is trying to do is a reversal of that. Satanism. Yes. Satanic mm -hmm. is a reversal of everything that's good um, and everything that we are. So thank you for your time, mate. I know you've had a hard day and this is hard on all of us. And I appreciate you going above and beyond to, to, to be patient today. I really do. And I'm glad to have you in the film. Very proud to have you. Uh, absolutely, film. Richard. I'm honored to be here and I'm honored to work with you as a fellow activist. And I hope this documentary does what you intend it to do and uh, more people become aware of the situation and, again, work together to make a difference in the world. So I, I really thank you for having me on. And uh, thank you very much. Cheers, buddy. Where can people find your work before we go? Uh, yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. Uh, just find Angelo John Gage on Twitter. And uh, also on YouTube, I have my own little show called Reality Engaged. And you can go there. I have various guests from all different backgrounds discussing their views on the world, how they engage with reality, how they see reality. And I also make videos there myself when I feel like making certain topics. I just do it. That's really that. That's really what I do. But, um, you know, I do want to, get out there more like make documentaries with you <laughs> and things yeah. like this so thank you very much for putting me in my first documentary i really appreciate it and i'm always here to help you richard you know that and if you want to come on my show which i want you to come on you let me know and we'll work together in the future i'm sure of it you know yeah we'd that's, love to. that's what we do we'd love that's to and also awesome. any any support that you need with your new book coming out as well let, let us know guys go over to see angelo's work on youtube as reality engaged obviously find him on twitter find him in this documentary will be out early june um, on iconic.com and then i think we're going to try and get it on amazon on demand if they don't ban us um by then but if they ban us we'll make a film about how they ban us that's the, what we do <laughs> it's the best thing you can do the great thing about documentary is you're documenting documenting life and if life yes. carries on you've got something to film and we've got something to talk about and it's great we can never we could just chat forever cheers mate yep. cheers All for right, your cheers, time my friend cheers take care okay bye-bye